Welcome to Your Strata Property, the podcast for property owners looking for reliable, accurate, and bite-sized information from an experienced and authoritative source. To access previous episodes and useful strata tips, go to www.yourstrataproperty.com.au. Hello and welcome to this week's podcast episode. I am your host, Amanda Farmer, and this week I'm bringing you Adam Hurst. Adam is the General Manager of Build to Rent at Mervac. He is a property industry specialist with experience across residential development, passive investments, funds management and agency. Prior to joining Mervac, Adam worked for AMP Capital across their real estate portfolios, including the global listed real estate team, investing in real estate companies globally, comprising many of the USA listed multifamily real estate investment trusts. Adam is now one of Australia's foremost experts in build to rent and has led the establishment of Mervac's build to rent business under the new Live brand. He played a key role in Mervac's launch of the Australian Build to Rent Club and in transforming Mervac's Pavilions project at Sydney Olympic Park into one of the first purpose built build to rent assets in Australia. Adam's target is to create a 5,000-unit pipeline for build-to-rent over the next five years. Now, I was really looking forward to this chat with Adam from the time I first heard about this concept coming to Australia and, in particular, the live development in Sydney. I have wanted to dig a little deeper and find out what it's all about, what is this structure, why is it different to Strata, and is it perhaps an alternate offering that we're going to see more and more tenants take up instead of strata title living. Adam and I get into all of that and more. I will take you straight over now to my chat with Adam Hurst. Adam Hurst, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Amanda. It is a pleasure to have you here with me today. A rather interesting topic that we are covering. You've just told me off air that this is something that you've been involved in for about the last four years. But for a number of our listeners, and and even me, it is a new concept, build to rent. Let's dive right in. What exactly is build to rent? At its simplest, we like to call it the, the security of home ownership with the flexibility of renting. And what that really means is it's a model that exists in a lot of countries around the world and it's purpose-built designed apartment buildings, 100% held for rental, owned by an institutional investor and then professionally managed with on-site management um, and the like to provide a, a significantly greater customer experience and customer offering than you'd see in a traditional rental model. So it's it's one of the largest real estate asset classes in the US. It didn't exist in the UK 10 years ago. There's now about 150,000 units going up in this model. It's forming in China. It's It's been in Japan for a number of years. And now we're really starting to see it emerge in Australia and, and in other countries around the world. And you, Adam, are with Mervac and... Is Mervac the ultimate owner here or how does Mervac structure the ownership of their developments? The long-term aim of this as a business model is 
similar to Mervac's commercial office business where you'll have Mervac part-owning buildings alongside large institutional investors like superannuation funds and pension funds and the like. Mm-hmm. Given the sector is in its infancy in Australia, we'd made a call at Mervac to move ahead in the sector, get buildings built and operating so we could show institutional investors, show government, show our customers what this offering is, and then in time we'll look to bring in capital partners to invest alongside us. Okay, interesting. And you've said at the top there that this is the security of home ownership. Does that mean long-term leases or are we still looking at 12-month residential leases for people who are in these buildings? The length of lease topic is an interesting one that comes up a a lot. We're currently leasing or or stabilising our first building called Live Indigo at Sydney Olympic Park. So that's 315 units, one, two and three bedrooms that finished on the 1st of September. We're currently about 25% leased out there. And interestingly, no one yet has asked for a longer lease than 12 months. <laughs> that's <laughs> now, the, the Aussie culture. There's an <laughs> assumption there that that's all they can get. <laughs> so we have the ability and it can provide longer term leases to our customers. But the interesting you know, mindset change in this model is because it's owned by an institution for the long term, a lot of the issues around security of tenure that often come up no longer exist because the unit's not going to be sold and you're going to have to move out. The owner's Mm. not going to move in. The kids aren't going to move in. Any number one of those issues that often comes up doesn't exist anymore. And and for us as as an owner-operator, the one thing we're focused on is maintaining occupancy for the long term and maintaining cash flow. And because of that change, what we offer our tenants is effectively it's, it's, it's perpetually theirs to rent for as long as they want. Mm-hmm. So rents will increase or decrease with market, but while you're a sitting tenant, you can stay there as long as you want. Okay. And are these strata titled properties? No. So we are holding them in one line, similar to an office building. And then the idea is if they're to be sold and traded, they trade in one line, just like an office building. Right. Um, so it's interesting you know, when we first started out in this space, you know, four and a half, five years ago, we were designing every building with the ability to strata subdivide, you know, in the event that the sector didn't form or for whatever reasons, Australians didn't want to rent off a corporate landlord or any number mm-hmm. of reasons. But that obviously has some limitations in particularly the way you design services and the, the way you design the building. As comfort in the sector begins to exist as more buildings start to appear and more capital starts to come into the space, we're slowly kind of morphing into a design that will likely forego that ability to strata subdivide in the future because from a design perspective, there's other benefits of looking at it slightly differently. Yeah. Oh, okay. That is really fascinating. Did you say Live Indigo, is that the first one that we have seen here in Australia? There's a couple of examples that are referenced occasionally you know, the Kiwi built are in its purpose-built and designed. The Commonwealth Games Village in Queensland is often talked about in the Gold Coast. Mm-hmm. That was obviously built for the athletes in the Commonwealth Games and has subsequently been converted to a build-to-rent offering. So that one is often seen as the first one. There's a small one over in Perth of about 90 units. But in terms of at-scale, purpose-built and designed, Living Indigo is the first that's operating. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's now... We've got another four buildings in the pipeline and there's other operators like um, Grocon and Greystar out of the US and a few others that have got buildings going up at the moment. 
So over 300 apartments in Live Indigo. Who are the type of people who are taking up this offering? Who's moving in there? Yeah, it's been really interesting. The demographics of the residents have been much broader than we thought. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is this is similar feedback to what we've heard in the UK as the sector's formed. So when you talk about this product, people instantly think of young professionals, can't get into the housing market, saving their first deposit, a good product for them to get security of tenure while they either save for their deposit or want to rent long-term. And that's definitely a part of it. But we're also seeing it be a lot broader. So we've got a lot of families that have moved into the building. We're also got quite a decent cohort of downsizers who are seeing this Mm -hmm. as a kind of equity release type product. You can sell your house, you know, you can go and stay somewhere for the long term and get security of tenure. Mm -hmm. So that's been interesting. And then what the other thing that's been interesting is where the residents are moving from. So we had a view that 80% of residents uh, would come from a 10 kilometre radius of Live Indigo. Um, but what we're finding is almost 50% of our residents are coming farther than that. So we've got people moving from the northern suburbs, the eastern suburbs, inner city, from southwest into City Olympic Park. So the offering and the, the customer value proposition um, is clearly resonating with, with people because it's drawing mm-hmm. from broader than we normally would have thought. And tell us a bit about that building in particular. Uh, I've read a few things in the media and had a look at the website. There are some pretty cool facilities there. We're not talking about uh, perhaps your typical apartment building attracting your typical renter. You are targeting a particular market at a particular price point too. Tell us what's so great about Live Indigo. Yeah, so I mean the way we look at the whole model is that there's kind of five factors that come together to make a build to rent offering and they're all obviously within Live Indigo. First one is the design. And you, I mean you touched on the amenity piece, which is often what is referenced when when people talk about build to rent. So in these buildings, we're incorporating significant additional amenity relative to a normal building. So things like, you know, virtual fitness rooms, cinema rooms, uh, work from home facilities, boardrooms, communal kitchen areas, lounge rooms, obviously full gyms um, and the whole idea is that you've got that additional convenience on site um, and that's really resonated with people in COVID and particularly having you know a space that you can get out of your apartment that's still within your apartment building. Mm. Product is then slightly different so things like we include all white goods so fridges, washing machines, dryers, microwaves all included. There's a technology backbone throughout the whole building to enable both communication between the on-site team, which I'll get to, and, and residents, but also things like resident apps where you can do parcel locker collection, you can book the amenity spaces, we put on resident events and, and, and the like, all incorporated within. You've then got the, the service offering. So Live Indigo has six full-time on-site staff. They're really in three broad buckets maintenance so there's on-site maintenance there seven days a week Um, so a if you've got issues with any of the white goods for example you can log it straight on the app you can go to work if you allow access then that day we've got spares downstairs it'll get fixed straight away and you can come home and it has no impact on you customer service uh, what we call resident service ambassadors so they're doing leasing and property management and community curation and they're just to help residents out and then a property GM. And then the final bit over kind of over the top of all this is the kind of the model. So there's a lot of 
pain points in traditional rental that through scale and institutional lens we were able to fix. So security of tenure, we've talked about bond free. So there's no bonds for our residents when they move in pet friendly. Um, so we allow pets within the building. Um, we actually have facilities like dog wash and things like that that are built into it and other measures like that that provide that kind of extra overlay where we really want people to feel like this is this is their home and that they can stay there for the long term. And residents are just paying the agreed rental amount. They're not contributing extra towards these facilities. This is all covered by the owner of the building. Correct, correct. So it's just you just mm. pay your rent. You obviously pay your electricity and internet on top of that, but everything yep. else, that's it. Wow. What happens when the person in apartment 23 has a fight with the person in apartment 24 because they're super noisy? <laughs> <laughs> so all the leases are under the Residential Tenancies Act as a starting point, so okay. still under the same laws and, and legislation from that perspective. There's obviously resident bylaws that people sign up to and one of them is you need to allow quiet enjoyment for everyone else within their unit mm-hmm. to the extent that people, you know, there's bad tenants or bad eggs that repeatedly um, do the wrong thing, just like any other process it would be through residential tenancy tribunal type process mm-hmm. um, where the owner-manager w- would have to deal with. But mm-hmm. I think the big, but what's interesting to date and it's still early days is because you're on site and there's people there all the time, the relationship and interaction between the residents and our on-site team, it's kind of hard to explain. It's just such a different environment Mm. than a traditional rental. I mean, I was out there last week and Lisa, one of our resident service ambassadors, um, she's pregnant at the moment, and I was there for an hour and three different residents came down and they baked her stuff and they just came in and had a chat and sat down in the leasing office and just talked for a bit. So it's, it's a very different environment to a you go home and you go to your apartment and you shut yes. your door and that's it. Mm-hmm. But we'll still have, you know, people are people and mm. issues will happen and we just have to deal with them as they come. Okay. So you don't have a strata manager per se. This is not strata title, but you have these resident ambassadors, building managers. Do these people have, what kind of experience or qualifications do these people have? Often what we're hiring for here is a behavior set rather than a a background. Mm -hmm. And what we're really looking for is that customer service mentality. So a lot of the, the team there have come from hospitality, hotel, Type mm. backgrounds. Yeah. So um, the GM there was ex Shangri La and then Meriton Suites. Uh, head of maintenance, similar. He's come from that kind of background. And then, you know, sales, retail type roles is, is where the leasing type piece is coming from. But it's mm. really about that behavior set, is what yes. we're looking for. Yeah as I think it should be, especially when you're removing the governance issues, if you like, the legal issues, that complexity that comes with strata title that our strata managers must be across. Do you see this as a significant disruptor to strata title living in the strata sector? No, no. And and you think about Mervac, right? Mervac's 47 years been building and delivering strata title apartment buildings. And this is by no means a replacement of, this is an additional business line for Mervac. Mm-hmm. If you look at the US, built to rent, it's called multifamily over there, but it means the same thing, has been around for 
about 50 or 60 years mm-hmm. and it's 15 to 16% of the rental market. Mm. The rest of it is all condos or what we would call strata title department buildings. So it's just another offering and another choice for, for residents. It won't suit all people, but it will suit some. Um, and it just is, is there as another offering. And there's obviously the, the customer side of it and the customer offering, which we've talked about. The other interesting side of it that's really come forward through COVID is the government side of it and the ability for it to provide through cycle supply. So obviously to deliver off the plan apartments can be quite cyclical mm-hmm. um, as you, you need to be able to sell often, you know, 60 or 70% of the building to actually get the finance to put it in place. Mm-hmm. Because of the nature of this model is you can't lease until you're six weeks away from finishing and the funding model is different. It's institutional capital invested for long periods of time for income returns. You can actually commence construction a lot quicker because you don't need that pre-sale process. And mm-hmm. in environments like this where governments are looking for activity and residential construction and the like, it's a good model to have both working and operating in this type of environment. Mm. And are there government incentives there for this kind of development? I'm not sure. Where there has been some changes in looking for equalisation of build to rent relative to build to sell Mm. um, and also equalisation of build to rent relative to how it's taxed relative to office industrial and retail properties because that's where the capital will come from. So at the moment it's, it's disadvantaged from a income tax perspective relative to office, retail and industrial because it's taxed at 30% rather than 15% for, for mm-hmm. foreign investors. And that's an ongoing discussion with the federal government. And at a state level, the issue to date has been twofold. One's been around planning, that it hasn't actually been recognised as a separate type of asset class with separate planning regulations and land tax. So because you're aggregating all of the land value together, you immediately tick over the land tax Mm. threshold and land tax was a significant impost on the viability of the sector. Mm. So New South Wales has recently put forward a policy around land tax and planning for build to rent. Queensland government, it's at one of the items as part of the election going on at the moment and Victoria is looking at doing something similar as well. Okay. Interesting times ahead then. Uh, when I first mentioned this, I think I might have posted it on our Facebook page when Live Indigo was marketing, the questions that came up were, of course, oh, well, if we've got rental-only apartment buildings, are we going to start to see owner-occupied only apartment buildings. Are the tenants all going to shift over to this build-to-rent model, which does indeed look very attractive? I suppose um, putting my strata law hat on there, owner-occupied buildings, as we've talked about, Adam, are developed under the strata title structure so that you can own these separate parcels of airspace. And we are under our strata legislation uh, across the country, restricted from passing bylaws, if you like, that would prevent tenants from moving into apartments. So I suppose my answer to that is not unless the law changes, but perhaps um, the market will change this if we see tenants more attracted to the build-to-rent offering rather than the strata title offering. Maybe there'll be a natural progression over to um, owner-occupied apartments in the strata title context. I'm not sure. What do you think? Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, personally, I think the residential strata market is so large in Australia already that Mm. even if this sector grows at a rapid pace, it might be 
two or three percent of the market in 10 or 15 years mm. so i think it's a very long pathway before that's even a consideration i also think you know as an investment australians will still want to invest in individual apartments and they like the tangibility of that and investing in that and getting some rental income makes sense so i don't think fundamentally that will really i don't think you'll see a big shift that way mm. but it, you know it'll be interesting to see and i think environments like this that we're in at the moment always create different innovations and different products and there's lots of different housing models being looked at across the spectrum um, at the moment and I'm sure you'll start to see different versions both for owner-occupier and rental and everything in between starting to form. Yep, which I think is a good thing. Can you tell us uh, where we might see other Mervac build-to-rent offerings cropping up soon? Yep. So our, our next one is under construction next to the Queen Victoria Markets in Melbourne. Um, mm-hmm. So that's 490 apartments going up at the moment. Um, we then have another two in planning in Melbourne. We just announced our fifth project, which is up in Queensland um, at Newstead in Brisbane. And we're actively looking for more projects throughout Sydney, Melbourne, Queensland and beyond. So it's an exciting space and there's, there's plenty of opportunity in it. Yep. I think so too. And I'd be very interested to see as these buildings start cropping up, whether our strata managers who might be looking to work a little bit differently, looking for a change, perhaps become attracted to getting involved in these buildings from the management perspective and whether you can see a use for that skill set there, building managers as well and service providers of all types who are used to working with strata buildings. I'm sure those skills carry across quite well. Yeah, I think an interesting intersection where we're already seeing it and I think it will happen more and more as you get more and more mixed-use buildings is there will be no doubt stratums of build-to-rent in larger buildings where there will be BMCs and even at Live Indigo, for example, it's a build-to-rent stratum and then it's two build-to-sell stratas Uh and then a common podium with a BMC managing it. So it gets quite complex there. But there's a I lot like of interaction it. there. You yeah, you can see the smile on my face. My palms are rubbing together here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I can get my hands on those documents. <laughs> yeah, so it's inevitable all these areas interact. I think. Mm, yes, exciting times ahead indeed. Well, let us know, Adam, where our listeners can go to find out more about Build to Rent or Live Indigo if they're interested in checking it out, and uh, about you and Mervac generally. Yeah, so you know you can jump onto the Mervac website and, and go through there through to build to rent, or you can go to livemervac.com, um, which is live is the customer facing build to rent brand for Mervac, and that's um, L I V just L I V. Yep. Or just simply search Live Indigo in Google, and it will, will come up and it'll direct you to the page. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Adam, and filling us in on this exciting new development structure that we have here in Australia. I will be watching it closely and seeing how it evolves. And uh, no doubt chatting to you again sometime in the future to uh, get your wrap up after maybe 12 months of uh, Live Indigo and others um, where we think we're headed from there. Sounds great. Thanks a lot for having me, Amanda. Thanks, Adam. Thank you for listening to Your Strata Property, the podcast which consistently delivers to property owners reliable and accurate information about their strata property. You can access all the information below this episode via the show notes at www.yourstrataproperty.com.au. 
You can also ask questions in the comments section, which Amanda will answer in her upcoming episodes. How can Amanda help you today?